This show is for athletes, entrepreneurs who go against all odds, do whatever it takes, and learn how to perform at the highest level to become the best version of themselves. I'm your host, Kota Nakayama, and this is Achieve Greatness. Hey, welcome back to the Chief Greatness Podcast. I'm your host, Kota Nakayama, and I'm so excited for today's episode. Again, I'm always excited for every episode. Aren't you guys as well? So enough talking about me and being excited and everything. Let's just get into the episode today. Today we have Rafael Espinoza on the show. I will introduce him shortly as we go into the interview. But one thing I want to note is that his journey is actually very interesting, and I want you guys to actually take note on that. So I'll leave you with this. Have a different perspective. If you can approach a situation in a different perspective, the meaning in this event is very different, right? Raphael talks about different experiences that we've been through, ups and downs, but having a different mindset shift and perspective really made all of a difference in why he was successful. So again, if you love topics like this or you love the show and want more information, we're actually very active on Instagram. So our Instagram is at the Achieve Greatness, and we post all kinds of clips, quotes, and just great stuff to help you get to the next level. Also, if you find any value or just love the show in general, we would love to ask that if you can leave us a review. Five stars, great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you can leave, leave us a review on Apple Music or on Spotify, that would be great. And it really help us grow the Achieve Greatness podcast brand. So with that being said, let's roll it over to Raphael. Welcome back to the Chief Greatness Podcast, man. I'm super excited for today's guest. Um, as I was doing research, the, one of the main reasons why I really want to start this Achieve Greatness Podcast was, one, there wasn't really much like this out there, right, where I could directly talk to high performers or soccer athletes um, and kind of learn and share about their story. But I was actually completely wrong. There was actually a podcast out there. And this person that I'm going to invite up actually has a podcast called uh, Athletic Ascent that he does with his brother. Yeah, high performer as well. He played at a very high level with uh, Orange County Soccer uh, Soccer Club and is currently playing with UC Irvine. So exciting season coming up. So with that being said, uh, does a lot of mentorships. You can get great value, you know, how to become a high performer within the soccer realm. So with that being said, I'm super pleased and excited to announce uh, Rafael Espinoza to the show. Welcome. Thank you, man. Thank you. That was, yeah. that was an awesome intro. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually doing some research um, for Ronnie Argueta. He was actually one of my first um, couple of professional <laughs> soccer players that I interviewed. And I was like, oh my God, I got to really prepare. And I was doing some research on him and I'm like, wait, there's a podcast like this out there. And then, you know, I started diving into your content and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Well, well yeah, man. I mean, um, so the funny thing with, with Ronnie, I mean, first of all, he's just a He's just a, such a humble dude. So, I mean, yeah, you know, really great guy. But um, with him, it, it's funny. I, he went to the same high school a, a, as me, um, grew up in the same area as me. So it was just very easy. Like we we, it was just, we could relate in so much ways. And I think that it just made sense to do the interview with him because he was one of our first um, guests on our podcast. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty cool that you, you got to, you, you, you know, got to know about us through that That's yeah cool. definitely it was a great uh way to connect and i saw your uh youtube and then i wanted to reach out to you through instagram so definitely uh thank you for letting me connect with you but um i know you you know you played at a very high level you played in the usl league and now you're playing division one soccer which most people aspire to be there so most mm. people see the end product right and i still know you have a really great career ahead of you and you have exciting stuff what you're doing with athletic ascent but also your uh soccer career um, 
But I just want to take it a step back, right? Because most people see like, hey, oh my God, Rafael, like you're at this amazing point. Like, how did you get there? Yet, I think mm -hmm. most of people don't know what, what it takes and what the journey is, right? So let's take it a yeah. step back, um, maybe into your youth at the beginning. Do you remember your first time playing soccer when you first started? How did you get introduced to it? And then what was that progression Ooh. like? So I don't come from a soccer family. So uh, getting into soccer, it was just more so like, the the people I was with that got me into soccer and it was my brother who got really into soccer that you know we we both fell in love with with, with the sport um uh through friends basically so I started playing at a very young age and in, in my apartment complex it was like it was basically the perfect setup um growing up here in Costa Mesa where where it was it was me and my brother and then two of our friends who were similar in age and we would just play um, uh, with a lot of other neighbors as well. We would play in our laundromat. So we'd just start off playing street soccer. Nice. Okay. So <clears throat> we'd play in our laundromat playing street soccer and we'd go for hours. Okay. And then I was, and it went from like the age of five. I, I, I remember me playing at the age of five and then and on, you know, at, at, in that apartment. And we would just, we would just be playing street soccer, you know, and um, it was a perfect setup. And I mean, just recently we were actually speaking about it and just, reminiscing about the you know about the past and all that stuff so it's always fun to think about that time but yeah I grew up started playing um soccer just in the streets um and then um from there I I, I would play I also started playing AYSO so my uh, my sister's uh boyfriend at the time who is now her husband um but um he so my brother-in-law really pushed for me to be on a team so they pushed me to play AYSO because really that's all they kind of knew and what we could afford at the time. And so they got me into AYSO. So I started, uh, I, I played, you're familiar with AYSO, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was playing AYSO and, um, <clears throat> and then uh, it wasn't until I, I again, brother-in-law uh, who, who was connected with the president of a club team of a local club team who, who asked, like they were having conversations at one of at his work. And he was, he, he asked if he had anybody who played soccer, who was a, like, you know, and so my brother-in-law said that he had a, uh, a nephew, I mean, a nephew, uh, a brother-in-law who, um, <clears throat> who, who played soccer and is not in any team. So he gave me a tryout to play on that, uh, for that local team and fell in love with it. The team, the coach really liked me, you know, Again, I couldn't afford it, so they got me um, on a on a scholarship, so I was able to play for them. And then, so at ten, I got on my first club team. It was Newport Mesa Soccer Club, and who then got um, who, where we then transferred. Uh, well, we changed to then Slammers FC. I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with Slammers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then we went to Slammers um, with the same coach. So I was with the same coach since the throughout my entire club career, same coach. Um, and then at seventeen is when I. Um, got looked at by uh ocsc and signed awesome. on an academy contract so um, when you were playing your during your youth was there always um an aspiration to play pro and if there was what was that mindset like like um continuing to push on and trying to separate yourself from everybody else right yeah so i mean yeah at five it was just more like dude like i love this you know like it was always it was just so fun and when i when i say it, it's like i'm not even exaggerating like we'd be like me and my brother and my and our friends would be on in the laundromat playing for hours and hours and it was to the point where you know you know the neighbors were getting mad uh <laughs> the manager was getting called to kick us out you know we would go until either because in the setup we like where we would shoot towards our goal there's a bush of with thorns right we would go we would go 
until the ball popped, either the ball popped or until the manager came. And that's when, you know, we'd, where our goal was set up, we would be able to see the parking lot. The goal, It was the goalkeeper's um, job to look, be a lookout for the manager, <laughs> you know. And you see that red truck coming in, you're like, dude, get the ball, get the ball. And we'd start, we'd start running home, you know. So we'd go to the near, wh- wh- whoever's apartment was the, was the closest. You know, we just all just run into there and then hide out and stuff. So, you know, I'm sure we probably made our neighbors, like, time there miserable. But it was the greatest time for us. But, yeah, so – at that age, man, like I, it was just, I, I fell in love with it. It was just such a perfect setup for me to grow up. And, you know, I'm, I'm super happy with that setup. And, um, and then it wasn't until, yeah, like I, was, I started playing um, when I got on my, like at 10 is when I really started thinking like, yeah, like I, I, this is something I want to do like the rest of my life. You know, that was, that was just, that wouldn't really hit. And I knew I wanted to play professionally. So I knew like, I want to, I want to make it as far as I can make it. I just didn't like, but at the time it's like, how am I going to do that? You know, like it was like, I, I wanted to do it, just didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew I was going to do it, you know? So that was kind of the mindset right there. Awesome. So then you ended up playing pretty much uh, after AYSO club with, uh, with Slammers pretty much your whole youth, or did you end up playing any academy or did you play elsewhere? Well, uh, so yeah, so it was, yeah, it just was Newport Mesa and then it went to Slammers. And then from <clears throat> when I had signed with uh, OCSC, I was also um, playing with the Patio Doors Academy okay. uh, to get uh, to get ma- the majority of my in because um, obviously you know going into um, OCSC not really having uh, which is crazy because just you really think about it. so what what was playing for Slammers at at a club level which is not academy level mm-hmm. club level and then having that. That that big jump from um, the club level to then the professional world, it was just like, you know, to me, it was just, it was a bit overwhelming, you know, and I think the coaches knew that. Um, so they really just wanted to get me like adjusted. So I wasn't, it, it was never like, okay, you're going to get a lot of playing time, you know, I mean, obviously it was, it was just kind of, it, it kind of went without, without saying, like, I wasn't expecting to get you know, be a starter or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so I was just mostly there to, for the training sessions, playing uh, training with the first team, you know, and, um, and so my games were with the Patty Doors Academy. And so, yeah. Um, so that's, that was my, I only had one year uh, of experience playing Academy. Okay. Awesome. And then tell me a little bit about that experience. How did you end up uh, connecting with Orange County? And then tell me that experience when you first, uh, you know, started training with them. Yeah. So, okay. So at, so basically before um, I was invited out to a trial with them, which was basically called the talent group is, okay. is what they called it. Before that, there was, um, <clears throat> there was an OC all-star game. Right. Mm-hmm. And so basically what they did was that they got the, the, I think they got their U18 um, Patty Doors team at the time, which, you know, which was, which were good. I think they ended up winning everything that, that year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a solid team. They had like <clears throat> one player named Cameron Harper, who's, who's playing um, professionally now, you know? And so they had like ballers on that team. And so they basically for, they, they did it. They did the OC all-star game for, um, <clears throat> for the grand opening of the, of OC Gray Park, okay. you know, that, that stadium. Yeah, so they're, yeah, yeah. they're, they're so it was the first year of them finally opening it. So for the for the grand opening, they did they did the OC All Star game. So it was the Patio Doors Academy, and they basically made a got a team of of like the uh, the best, which was, it was just recommended um, 
like they're like recommended players from the top uh, club teams in the area. And so they, and so I was, it was me and two others from my team at Slammers who got selected and we're put into this team with other club players and stuff like that. And so we were placed and we played this game <clears throat> at the stadium. And um, yeah, I think I did, I did okay. You know, I think I did well enough um, considering the fact that we, the team had no chemistry. My team had no chemistry. We were playing like, you know, ballers, you know, like players who, you know, are at the academy level and have been at the academy level for the longest time. And so I ended up scoring that game, um, scored a decent goal. And um, you can find it on YouTube, I think. So yeah, it was, it was like a really, it was a really good goal. And I think um, it like, that's what made it like, made me stand out from that game. And um, our coach for that game was uh, uh, one of the assistant coaches for OCSC. Mm. And he, um, I think I, I, I believe that that's kind of like how they really sparked interest in me. Um, but even prior to that, the head coach, um, the head, uh, the head coach of OCSC, even, and even the, um, uh, well, yeah, the head coach of OCSC, he coached at West coast, F, uh, West coast, the club team. Okay. And I would play growing up. Um, we would play, I would play against his team. Mm-hmm. So he, he was very familiar with me, you know, mm-hmm. uh, growing up. Right. And, um, yeah, so basically they got, after that game, um, a few months, uh, passed and then they invited me out to what they called the talent group. So I was at, at first, it was just very confusing. It was just more so like my coach at, at the, uh, at Slammers, he told me about this opportunity. They're like, Hey, they want you to come out to this, this talent group thing. Right. And I was, and I was just kind of like, all right, what is it? <laughs> you know? And he was like, honestly, I don't know, but, um, just go and just, you know, just just train it's just think of it as extra training right and I was like all right for sure and so I went every every, like it was I think it was like three times a week um three to four times a week and they just basically had like a group of it was like first started with a group of six players right and then we would just train and it was just basically a training session and then I soon started to realize that week after week players like the numbers started getting smaller you know, one player would get cut, another player was getting cut, another player is getting cut, you know, and um, and then it wasn't until like two of us were left, which is which is pretty cool now to think about it. Um, it was me and uh, Matthew Hoppy. Do you you're familiar with Matthew Hoppy? He sounds familiar, but I he I, plays for 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 Shock. He's oh, the 18th. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. He's the one that's balling out right now, wow. you know? Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so um, it was him and I, the, the basically the last two, and we are now at that point, we're training with um, <clears throat> we're training with the first team now. Mm. So we're, we're actually getting the sessions in with them. And there's even, <clears throat> there's one session where, um, where that same assistant coach that had coached me at the OC All-Star game, he, um, he, he spoke to both of us and he's like, yeah, like there's very, there's, there's a lot of interest in signing both of you, you know? And so, and then it wasn't, and then, so we were trained with them for like two weeks. And then the following week after that, um, that's when they had uh, um, Oliver Weiss, uh, I believe the manager of the, of the club. He, um, he pulled me aside and asked me if for the, the upcoming game that was coming up uh, <clears throat> that weekend to bring my parents because he wanted to have a meeting before the game. And so I brought my parents. Um, yeah, I brought. Well, I just brought my mom and my brother, 
And um, he spoke to us and he, he basically saying that he wants to offer us, a, he wants to offer me a con- uh, an academy contract again, like how I said, uh, well, like, so that it, it well, because I had, um, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but basically because I had, uh, I had, I was already verbally committed to UC Irvine. Mm. I had verbally committed to them my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Um, they knew that. So they basically said that I will offer you an economy, uh, an academy contract. So it does not, um, violate you know, your you, yeah, the NCAA yeah, rules and the, all that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I was going to exactly. ask about that. Yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> nice. Yeah, exactly. So they gave me an academy contract. So I still had that as an option if that was something I wanted to um, pursue, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, cool. Sounds, sounds great. You know? And so, yeah. Um, but then Matthew, Matthew hobby just, you know, I don't think, uh, I, he just stopped. He wasn't showing up anymore, right? I believe. I mean, I, I I just assume at this point, but I believe it's that. And from what uh, what's going on now is that his parents are, I'm pretty sure, were heavily involved. He was also at the at the Barcelona Academy in mm-hmm. um, in Arizona. Right, right, right. So um, he was. It was a good setup there too, as well. So I'm I'm pretty sure that that the people around him kind of knew the route that he should take. Mm-hmm. The, the better route and i don't think ocsc was the best route for him at the time mm-hmm. so i think um i mean smart decision on his on his part you know he's playing division one in germany which is mm-hmm. it's dope and he's balling out so I, and that, that that makes me like you know hype that's sick that's sick to see but um um but yeah man so <clears throat> so yeah that's basically how how i got into ocsc it's just such a weird um it's not a very usual you know like yeah that's the story you know it's yeah. very out, out of so all even, the out of all the professionals that I've learned, I mean, at the same time, like how old were you at, during this whole process? I was seventeen. Wow, so very very young, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that yeah. process like? So I want to kind of rewind, right? You told me that you had yeah. that all star game, and prior before that, the coaches were kind of looking at you. You have bits and pieces of opportunity that that comes, right? So you have to make the most. This is what I say. A lot of people might say for you, like. For a lot of people that might be listening, they're like, dude, Rafael, that's so lucky of you. But for me, mm-hmm. I don't really think that's lucky, to be honest, because I say this, luck is basically when opportunity meets preparation, right? You were prepared uh, for that moment. You were, right? You you said you wanted to play soccer from a young age, right? At the laundromat, getting kicked at, you know, getting yelled at, but you always had that burning desire to wanting to get better. And it's just a one opportunity that comes in. Even if that opportunity came, right? There was a couple of people that were there and they started getting cut, right? You had that opportunity, mm-hmm. but you made the most of, it, most of it. And you still worked yeah. hard, right? Just because you got the opportunity yeah. doesn't mean you got that contract right away, right? You still have to work yeah. hard. I also want to know, how did you start separating yourself from everybody else that had the opportunity? Oh, my personality. My personality. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So my personality is more so, it's just very like, uh, you, you could just tell, you can like, you can tell my presence. You can, you can notice me because through my personality, like I am, I, I don't shy away from competition. I don't, um, I am, I am loud, you know, I've been, I, I was a club I, I, during my club, um, career. I was, uh, I was the captain of my team for the majority of those years. And, um, so I always felt like, you know, I had to be vocal. I had to be, you know, trying to like get my team, in the in the best position to for success you know and that kind of stuff so i i, I always felt like a leader you know i i, I kind of view myself as a leader mm-hmm. and so even in these in these like situations like where like the talent group that the thing i didn't know what was going on i didn't think of it as a trial because i wasn't told it was a trial mm. you know i i again i, I approached it as extra training mm. and i don't like having my time wasted so if i'm gonna go do extra training 
you know, I'm going to make the most out of it. And if one player is, you know, slacking, I'm going to try to get him like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, let's do it. Like, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, so basically I treated, I treated that, um, that talent group, that trial as if it was like my club team. And I was trying to like get my players to get better and trying to like, you know, like if we're actually going to play a game on the weekend type of stuff. So it wasn't anything special. You didn't do anything like out of the ordinary. You just did what you did normally. Yeah, man. And that's the thing. Like I, it wasn't like I had to go and like get like three bags and then, you know, and then I was going to get looked at. No, it was like, yeah, play, do what, like, again, like, I think it was good that I didn't know it was a trial because Mm -hmm. if I knew it was a trial, I probably would have like, um, psych yourself a little. Yeah. I would have psyched myself out a little bit especially at like at that age, like I, you know, I'm not very familiar with that, mm-hmm. but um, approaching it as extra training, it definitely got me in the mindset of like, all right, let me get better, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how I treated it. And uh, yeah, and I just did me and I, I didn't do anything new, you know, it's like, awesome. I did what I, what I practice and prepare for every single day. So it, it was just, it was, that's really great yeah. to hear. Um, One of the things that I've also learned, right. From all these high performers or like, like I said, I, people like you or people that achieved at a high level professionally, not only is it the stuff that you do on the field, right? Like the technical work, the physicality, but it's more the mindset part. But another one is like your character. How do you hold yourself as a person? How do you communicate with people? How do you hold relationships? And like you also said, the leadership component and the communication part, right? Why do you think that's so important? I know you're also doing a little bit of mentorship, right? And you're coaching kids Mm -hmm. right now. Maybe let's kind of dive in a little bit onto that aspect. Um, How did, why were you so successful in that area? Um, well, it's just like, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I always just had the, um, it was just kind of, it was, it's always been instilled in me where it's like, yes, like, I love competition. And I, I, I want to, I want to be the best, right? Like, that was always the mentality, I want to be the best. But it was always, it wasn't well, a little bit in elementary school, it was a bit of like, I want to be the best. And um I'm going to be, I'm going to make everyone know that I'm the best. That was kind of like the mentality in elementary school. Right. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't until I, like I hit middle school and I started realizing it. And I don't really remember the, like the, the exact instance where I, I got this mentality, but it was just more so like, I want to be the best, but at the same time, I want everyone else to feel like they're the best as well. Mm. And so that was just kind of like the, the mindset I got into. So especially with my team, I never like being the leader, being the captain, I never wanted it to feel like, I'm the captain of this team and you guys do what I say. You guys, you guys suck. You guys have to follow me. No, it was never that. It was always like, dude, like you can be as good as you want to be. And I wanted to like, I wanted to like preach that every single day. Like you could be as good as you want to be. And I would get upset when players would, you know, half-ass it. Cause it was just like, dude, you're, you're, you're like losing the, you, you're like wasting this time to be as good as you can be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's just something that I, I, at a very young age, like, like in middle school that I was just so passionate about. I don't know. I don't really know why, but mm-hmm. it just hit me where I was just very passionate where I wanted to be the best, but I also wanted everyone else to be the best. You I know? really like and that. Yeah. The leadership component. It's not just, Hey, look at me. I'm the best. It's Hey, look at me, but also, Hey, let's lift each other up. I think that's what a true leader is. I think it's right. Like I, if you see those like leadership, like quotes or stuff, it's like not like the person directing where to go, but it's like the person in the front leading the way and dragging yeah. people there. Right. So Really great stuff. And was there any inspiration that you got? Maybe I also want to dive into that first year that you played at o- o- OCSC. 
um, the, the little bit about like what a day-to-day look like, uh, your first year yeah. experience, and maybe if there's anybody that really helped you out throughout the journey or anybody that inspired you to keep pushing forward. Um, okay, sorry. So where, where do I... Uh, where oh, just tell me your, your experience that first year, right? You got, okay, you got, yeah, that, that, you got the Academy contract, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Um, so when I had signed, um, it was like a quarter of the way into the season already. Oh, okay. Okay. So they were already playing games and, <clears throat> and in like the, the, what made things like, it was like a, obviously a, a great learning experience for me. It was a, like looking back on it and reflecting, it was a great learning experience. Um, but it was also like I had I mentioned earlier, it was overwhelming, you know, like having to make that jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did, I, I, and, and these players, they don't like, there's, so at that uh, uh, that year, there's players. Oh, sorry, there are players from um, <clears throat> that that played overseas. They played in Europe. You know, they played at the high levels, Division One, Division Two in Europe, and um, were coming here basically to retire. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, so they're very they're vets, right? I'm playing with a bunch of vets and some young players, but I'm like the youngest one there. Oh, except for the goalkeeper um Aaron Cervantes who's like I think I think he was like 15 at the time I'm not sure wow. but he's a he, yeah. yeah 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 and he was signed he was signed professionally so he was okay. on a contract um but um yeah and I think he's still there but um anyways so yeah so basically what I'm getting at is that I was playing with a bunch of vets and they did not back off from like you know getting on you if you made a mistake they made sure you knew you made a mistake like that was basically how it was and so it was like, I had to learn fast and I had to adapt quickly. And so the, the troubling thing that I, I dealt with at the time was just the lack of, um, like I know you asked, like, did I have people around me to like support me? Not really. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like I had, like, I felt, I honestly, that my time there, I felt alone. Um, because again, I'm the, one of the younger ones and there are a bunch of, these are adults around me, you know, right. they have families. You know, they have kids, they have, you know, and they're, they're, they have plans to, they have to hang out with each other and that kind of stuff. You know, it would make sense for a seven, 17 year old to go hang out with like a, a 32 year old, you know, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So, so it was just like in the, in the locker room, um, I, I, I felt like I, I also was like, um, due to like just a bunch of, I felt like a lot of like nerves throughout the entire time there, but just because I always felt like I needed to prove myself. That was just, that was the mentality where like, I need to prove myself. I need to prove myself. And, you know, when you get in that mentality, you know, you can psych yourself out. So <clears throat> I felt like I was psyching myself out quite a bit um, towards in the beginning of the, of the, uh, of my time there. And, um, <clears throat> and so, and again, I felt alone, like in the locker room, I would, I would be alone, like waiting just to get on the field and then would go and train um, again, because, old men around me but um um but yeah and so my time there it it was more of a learning experience more than anything because um although my game uh I would say improved slightly I I believe um there wasn't a drastic change in my game um due to the fact that again I was I've, I I I was navigating through that new world alone Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what to really focus on. I didn't really know, um, 
you know, how to be in the right mind, uh, like mindset during that time. And again, I went from not only from a club team, like not only did the level change, but I went from being the leader of my club team to mm. now being one of the worst players on the team, you mm. know? So it was just like, it was just a complete switch in, 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 in my life, you know? Mm. And, um, <clears throat> And so, yeah, and then going into the, the Pats Academy, I also, like, I would train twice, twice a day, every single day. You know, I would play, I would train with, um, so at the time, because it was my senior year of high school, I was doing, um, what do they call it? Uh, well, basically, I was doing, I forget what to call it, but it's basically just um, online schooling, but not really. I was just okay. going, um, I was going to school once a week for an hour. Oh really? <laughs> I just got, yeah, and I just got um homework to do throughout the week. So every time I would go in, I'll submit my homework. And oh, it got okay. to the point where where my teacher like my teacher ended up like really, really liking me. Yeah. Um and so she was like, just come and pick up your homework and then just go home. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, so it was it was a cool setup in that sense, you know. And I gotta graduate high school in like three to three to four months. So oh, no way. Like I mean, like my senior year, I gotta I yeah, gotta yeah, finish yeah. it. Okay. So it was so that was cool. But um so basically my, my day-to-day life, um, with OCSC was like, or during that time I would wake up and go and train around, <clears throat> I had to be in the locker room like around seven and, um, we'd train and we'd get done around, let's say 10 to 11. Mm-hmm. And if we didn't, we didn't have any weights to do like any weight training in the afternoons. Um, I just go home and chill and then <clears throat> go to train in the evenings with the uh, with the pats academy mm-hmm. and so i would go and train with them in the evenings and um yeah and that was just my routine every single day so i was training twice um uh twice a day every day and that took a toll on my body and like you know a complete toll on my body and you know i i there was to the point where i even had like a i, I was i was playing through a hamstring um a hamstring strain Mm. and uh, and yeah and so it wasn't not only so it was a combination of overworking myself it was a combination of me getting into my getting in my head um the lack of the lack of guidance the lack of support you know it was a combination of many things that that didn't allow for me to really strive in that environment Mm. you know and again I can look back at it and think it's like a it was like not that good of an experience but no like I think it was like one of the best experiences I've I've had for my career Mm -hmm. because I I got to learn so much Mm -hmm. you know I I got to learn that you know I do like you don't need to navigate through these like you need you need some assistance you need some guidance you need some mentorship like you need that and that's the biggest Mm -hmm. that's why another big reason why um my brother and I offer what we offer is due to experiences like this and um like you do, you do need that that person to like really guide you in in these new like realms, you know. Mm-hmm. And but also, um, <clears throat> I I what I the biggest thing I took from it is that the professional level, the second division in in, in um in the U.S. Yo, that's so achievable. Like that's that's what like you know like playing here and and, and making a name for myself at this level is super achievable. That's what that's what came to my mind. Like I was like, oh wow, like. I can do this. Like, dude, like playing professionally is not like, it's not like that 1% that my teachers would used to tell me, you know, it was like, I can do this. That's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. like, like it was just like, kind of like a reality check. Like, dude, like you can actually do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. Like at 17 is I'm like, there's like a, a just, just a bit of a level of, of, a, of, of a difference in level, mm-hmm. but like 
once I've like more experience and I get to this level, like maybe there's now just a little bit, a slight um, difference in now the division one level. And so now I can keep moving up and playing in the MLS or playing division one and overseas, you know? So it was just like, that was just the biggest thing I took from it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah. And I, so I, I, yeah, although it wasn't like, again, like I said, an environment where I strived in, right. it was definitely an environment where I learned a lot from. Uh, I want to, I want to take a, co- a, a step back. Right. I really like that point where you hit where maybe necessarily your game on the field didn't grow uh, as much, although you got, you got a lot of reps in, I think more you grew in different aspects. Like I said, there's, there's yeah. so much more components to soccer than just on the field. Right. Like, um, there's the mental aspect, you know, the character aspect of how you develop yourself as a person, how you hold yourself as a person. I feel like that's the part that you learn. And most important, I think I feel like because you were in, immersed in that environment, that kind of made your, that made your, that made your environment like your comfort zone. You're like, okay, this is where I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be now. Right. For I think a lot of people, yeah. when they get immersed into this environment, they're like, oh my God, this is something that's so far away. I can never achieve it. But because you're immersed into that environment, now you're like, you know what? This is where I'm supposed to be. And you start to yeah. hey, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, I might not be at the level yet, but I know I could play at this level. And eventually, if I keep working at it, then I'll be there. And I think yeah. that's all at the end of the day comes down to mindset, right? No, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Like, and it was like, <clears throat> and it was, a, it, it was, so when I say like I didn't strive in that environment, it was to the point where there's days where, where I would leave training session crying, you know? I left it crying because I was like, damn, like I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I'm, I'm not performing as well as I should be performing, you know? So there's, there's days definitely where I, ca- I came home crying and, um, and looking like, just looking back at it, it was like, now I know if I, if there's a situation where I feel like I didn't have, because usually when I would go home crying is what I had a bad session, mm-hmm. you know, I had a bad session. I made too many mistakes, whatever. Now I know if I have a session like that, I'm staying after practice and I'm getting reps in. Mm. I'm staying after practice. I'm getting my fitness in. I'm getting something out of it. You know, I didn't, I didn't get the best touches in, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prove. I'm basically going to prove to myself that I'm going to do better next time. So I'm going to, I'm going to stay after. And so that's the one thing that I, that the only regret I have is just not staying after training when I, when I, when I, you know, I, I took the easy way out. And when I felt that, <clears throat> that I didn't perform well, mm-hmm. I just wanted to go home and, and cry and lay on my bed you know like that was like the easy easy route right you know but now now looking back it's like no i need to like suck it up stay on the field and get the get more reps in i like you know? that yeah i like that point where like don't if you're in a bad slump don't just stay there if yeah, you're exactly. already at the field make it a like change it up right like just get extra reps in get in the right mindset prove to yourself you don't have to prove, i think the biggest thing right it all comes down to like there's certain players that it just comes down to confidence within yourself right yeah at the end of the day even though you have those high highs and low lows you're basically the same player it's just what kind of mindset you're in and then that certain point and then having exactly. that confidence to prove yourself right so if you were to look back now, now knowing what you know now, just maybe a short like mm-hmm. two minutes or so, what kind of advice would you give to someone that's in that situation um, that's navigating that? Um, I would, I would, if you're in the situation I was in, I would highly advise you to exhaust every single option you have in terms of guidance. Ask the assistant coaches, ask the, the, the another assistant coach, ask the goalkeeper coach, ask as many people in that environment to help you, ask the players around you, conversate, like, you know, like, 
you know, really reach out because I don't think if, if, if I'm being honest, I was, I was so to myself that I don't think anyone really realized that, that I was going through stuff. You know, I didn't, I don't think anyone realized that, okay, this guy is like, actually, you know, he's struggling right now. I don't think anyone realized that. And so I think you should just vocalize that a little more with the people you feel more, uh, a little comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Tell them like, Hey man, I really need some, like, I, I, I I need some assistance because I, I, this is a completely new world to me and I really want to succeed in this world, but I just don't know how to, how to, you know, navigate right now. And so that's what, that's the biggest advice because I, um, again, it all comes down to the mentorship, to the guidance, because, and it's just like that lack of mentorship, that lack of guidance, you, you just feel stuck, you feel lost. And that's how I felt at the time. And it's, 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 um, it, it, you don't have to be like that. It didn't have to be like that for me. I could have, I could have reached out more I could have conversated uh more with my teammates right. you know you know but it was just it was just more of like uh they're not going to want to help me that's kind of what I felt and thought mm-hmm. you know for sure so uh, and then one last that part on, my advice. yeah one last part on that I feel like a lot of people when they kind of look at you right like you're 17 you're like oh my god you're playing for a professional team and I think a lot of people think they they're like wow you're at a really great point of your life and it's you know you're progressing your career but I feel like there's also a lot of like sacrifices they had to make on your part right because like like you said your senior year basically not even in uh you're not you're not going to school and I feel like also that's like your senior year those like those like your golden years you know when like especially the social aspect so I want to kind of touch upon that and how much sacrifice you have to do in order to dedicate uh, yourself to you know further your career um well yeah i mean yeah i mean you hit it like it's just like i i i sacrificed a lot of my so, the, my social life um definitely that year because uh i i wasn't going like my the only what i looked forward to when i went to high school was being with my friends you know hanging out with them um and it was just always fun being with my with, with the homies you know mm-hmm. and wasn't yeah and so that year it was just I would hardly see them and I tried I made I tried to make it a point where I would go and and see them sometimes during their lunch break and stuff and try to hang out with them but it was like at that point it was just kind of like you know it wasn't it just it wasn't the same as it was previously yeah so I did miss out in that I mean I was fortunate enough um where the 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 like the principal and stuff at my high school was like was cool and like was cool with me and like allowed me to walk you know I was able okay. to graduate and walk with them with my with my homies and you know everyone but um so it's just it's just it doesn't feel the same you know I I would have I would have sacrificed like me walking and graduating if it wasn't for them like mm-hmm. for the the principal and stuff but um yeah and then it, like I said like I would train in the mornings <clears throat> and then the afternoon it was like my time to like kind of relax and then evenings I would have to go and train again so it was just more so like that time in between I'd have a little very little time um to maybe speak to some people but really really it was everything all my social life was done through phone like that was kind of like how how I, how my world was was at the time and mm-hmm. um and again even when like because I was struggling it was just like uh it was kind of like I didn't really want to reach out to people so it, it, that's how I kind of felt um but yeah that's how it was but but at the same time too is like when I when I did hang out with my friends I I I sacrificed a bit of like being able to be completely transparent with them Mm. because they see like you said okay a 17 year old you you're 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 playing with a professional team yeah like it was just kind of like I can't tell them that like I'm sure 
happening right now. Like I can't, I gotta, I gotta make it seem like, yo, things are going great. Like, you know, everything's good. You know, mm-hmm. um, this is a Rafa, you know, all positive, you know, you know, always hardworking and you know, all this stuff, you know, like that, that's the Rafa you guys know. And so if I'm coming here saying like, I'm at this level now and I just don't feel like I'm doing the best, then you guys are going to be like, whoa. And I, that's why I kind of had to, that's what I, yeah. But um, yeah, so that, those are a little, a bit of my sacrifices. I feel like during that whole process, you just, just gained a lot of life experience. And I think that also grew you yeah. as a person as well. Um, I like to say this too, right? People, um, people want to be at your level, but they don't know what it actually really takes to get there. People want to eat, but they don't want to do all that work. They don't want to put in that, you know, they don't, they don't want to put in that effort. So, um, yeah. kind of different perspective to actually look when you actually get there. Right. So I want to kind yeah, of transition sure. now and how you got into UCI. And then I also know mm-hmm. during that time, um, you had a big injury that occurred. Um, and that might've been some, a big part of your life too. So I want to kind of touch upon that, um, and how you're navigating through that right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, um, I had verbally committed to UC Irvine my sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. So the end of my sophomore year of high school, um, I basically, that process, um, basically I had emailed my freshman year of high school. I emailed a bunch of, co- of colleges. Why? I don't know. I felt like that was a thing to do. I didn't, I didn't even know that they, that they couldn't even contact me. You know, I didn't know they couldn't respond. Like, I don't know how to be a junior for them to respond to me, you know? So I was like, yo, I'm I'm just going to see, like, I'm going to see if this coach can come out and watch me play, you know? And so I emailed a lot of coaches, which I think was pretty good because like I got them and I got, I was in their radar a lot sooner than most um, players. Um, Yeah. And then, um, so UC Irvine was, uh, was a team that I had emailed. um, But I, I like it. I, and I do remember seeing the the assistant coach um, at some of the games, at, at some of our showcases with Slammers. Um, but it, I, I I just remember there that I remember that like that them reaching out was just such a shock to me. And 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 for me, like sending out so many emails my freshman year of high school, I felt like like by the time I hit my sophomore year, I'm like, why aren't teams like contacting me? Like, that's how I felt like, what's wrong? Like what, what's going on? I felt like I like, damn, am I not, am I really not that good enough to play division one? Like what's going on? Uh-huh. You know? And um, even through my emailing process, like I made it a purpose to only, only email division one schools because that's what I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah. So my sophomore year, I was like, damn, like, dude, like what's going on? I'm going to these showcases. Like I'm seeing coaches, but no one's like showing interest. That's kind of how I felt. Mm-hmm. And and then I, I, then I, I, it was, and then, yeah. So, and then my coach uh, at my club team, he, um, he told me, uh, he's like, oh, UC Irvine wants to invite you out to, uh, um, what do they call it? The, uh, the ID camps? No, it, it's a, it's a, a tour or campus unofficial tour? tour. Unofficial, yeah, unofficial campus tour or something like that. Yeah. Um, they want to. They want to invite you. Basically, they want to invite me to basically have a meeting with them and take a look at the at the campus, right? Okay. And so um, I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, damn, that's that's pretty cool. Like, finally, <laughs> people showing interest, right? <laughs> and um, so I go, whatever, and everything just really fell into place in terms of what I was looking for. Because when I had emailed UC Irvine, I hadn't done much research into it. I just saw that they're a local team that 
plays division one soccer mm -hmm. i didn't know that their style of play suits my like really suits how i want to play i didn't know that their coach is like you know sick you know i didn't really know much of that um so now when i tell my athletes you really look into that because you know you, you may be like you may think you want to go to this school but then you realize that the, the style mm -hmm. of play does not suit you at all you know but um but yeah so i didn't really know until i got there and they explained everything to me and they kind of like show me and, and just and the coach really expresses his his um um his his style of play and everything and so um I fell in love with it I fell in love with like because they're they're really like possession based they're tiki taka you know that's their style and then they don't really like because one of my fears when I was thinking of like playing college soccer was like man like I don't want to go on a team and where it's just I'm I'm having to play kickball and I'm running for uh, as a center forward I'm running for the ball all the time you know like I don't want to be that like I don't want to do that like I want to be able to like, possess the ball and stuff so so them being able like tell me that that's like that's their style of play I was like oh wow like that's sick like you know like that's what I want to that's that's the environment I want to be in and seeing the roster that they already had I'm like dude like uh short Mexican guys you know <laughs> so I was like this is like yeah this is this is familiar you know like this is right. this is perfect that's kind of right. how I thought about it and um and yeah, and and the thing that really that really um, on top of all of that, what really stuck with me is that is that Yossi, the the head coach, is was is really really family oriented, and he loves the and he just he loves he loves the idea of pushing that he loves pushing the idea of a good person. Like he wants to recruit good people, you know. And so that was his biggest thing. One of the one of the things that the assistant coach told me that that really sparked their interest in me when they went out to go watch me play is not mm -hmm. only like how um, like how I played and how good of a leader I was or whatever, but it was also that you could tell that I was like a I was a good person on and off the field. You know, on the field, an example they gave me was that when my goalkeeper went up for um, for a cross, you know, to go go, go catch the ball, uh, one of their players ran it like slammed into my goalkeeper and he fell like on the ground right and he was hurt and he was on the ground whatever I ran from you know from the half I ran back to go check on him because nobody else was checking on him so I went to go check on him and I spoke with them and you know from there what they saw is that I saw and I went to go check on my goalkeeper after he got hit well what I, I, that was what I did and I wanted to make sure he was good uh, and some of it was also like bro we don't have a backup goalkeeper get up <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh no I, I definitely wanted to make sure that he uh, he was good though. And that's how I felt like I wanted to make sure my players are good. If there were anyone was injured, I always try to like check up on them and stuff like that. But, um, and they saw that and they saw that, I, how, how I tried and I made it a purpose to be professional off the field. You know, I knew that there were scouts looking, I knew that anybody can be watching right now. So if I'm a, if I'm a, I don't want to leave a, I know if I'm over here cussing and I'm talking about this and that, whatever, like it can leave a bad impression on some coaches. So I got to make sure I'm, I'm as professional as possible off the field. Mm -hmm. I think they saw that as well. And so, um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that, that, so yeah, so that's how they, they, I think that's what they had told me that it sparked their interest in me. Um, but also like what I, I really enjoyed is that they, they do recruit players like that. They look into that, you know, I don't, I don't like being in an environment where there's just a bunch of like, you know, players who don't necessarily you know aren't quote-unquote good people you know right 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 um but uh but yeah so so basically when I went there and he and Yossi spoke to me and they they kind of they they spoke to me how like the scholarship's gonna work and stuff like that basically where it 
it'll it'll get me in the best situation possible for me to continue um for me to be there um it just kind of it was just to me I, I didn't really hesitate i was like yeah this is like this is perfect and i really wanted a local school because i didn't want to uh my parents aren't like you know we're not well off where we 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 do struggle financially here and there and so i didn't feel comfortable leaving leaving the state or leaving the the area knowing my parents are back home probably struggling with money you know mm -hmm. so i wanted to be around and uc irvine's like a no more than a 10 minute drive from me so nice it was it was perfect it was a perfect setup you know and um i i mean i, I and the area is beautiful mm -hmm. so it was just it was just everything just a lot of boxes were checked off and nice so that's why i decided to go there and verbally commit and um yeah and they, now you're an at you at eater right yeah was that first year um so you transition out you finished out right and then um, with OCSC, uh, how did that end? How did you transition into UC Irvine? So basically, um, my, so the season I played with, um, OCSC, I finished the season. Um, uh, we ended up playing, uh, we ended up, uh, winning league that, uh, that season, right. one league. Um, <clears throat> and then I was I was called I was asked to be back for off season training, so I was there for off season training, and then the next se next season's preseason training, so I was there all the preseason, and then once their season was going to start kicking off, um, the coach basically spoke to me and told me that uh, um, I think right now it'd be best for you to just focus on UC Irvine, you know, and 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 he said that he basically said that like yeah, focus on UC Irvine and focus on the Pats Academy right now. That's basically what he said, and and um, I was like, yeah, like a, uh, like I wasn't too like fond of the idea, you know. It, it obviously hurt a little bit because I felt like, damn, like if it, I was basically getting cut, you know, that's how, that's how it was, and so, um, and so yeah, so I was like, all right, yeah, like, like uh, uh, okay, and so, you know, after that conversation, you know, I was I was down, you know, but um, the next week I just continued with um the Pats Academy, continue training with them. And it was there um, a few months later after I had basically been cut. It was it was with the Pats when I had gone up for a header during uh, one of our training sessions. And we're doing like, uh, we were playing a small side at the end of the, <clears throat> at the end of the session. Mm -hmm. I had gone up for a header and um, my teammate kind of put, uh, put a bit of weight on me and I, I, I landed wrong basically. And so mm -hmm. I landed and I was like, I knew right away that I tore my ACL, you know? So it was just, it was just kind of like, um, it was just, I knew it was my ACL. Like I knew for sure, because unfortunately my brother has torn his ACL three times, you know? Yeah. So he's described to me how the pain feels uh, like, you know, everything. And so as I landed, as I felt the pop, as I felt all the, all the sensation in my knee, I knew I was like, wow everything my brother just said is happening right now. So I limped, I yelled, I yelled so loud. I, I, I limped off the field. I grabbed my knee and I with my head down in defeat and just sad crying, you know, and the coaches knew the coaches knew too. Um, the cool part about the pass setup though, was that the assistant coaches of UC Irvine were at the pass Academy. Okay. So they were there as the assistant coach of that team as well. Mm -hmm. So they were both there when it happened. And so they just, they saw it and they're like, damn, like, you know, 
that's just the game, man. That's, you know, at any given moment, it can happen to you. That's just the reality. Right. And so, um, you know, they just basically told me to like, like right, one of the coaches told me basically like, go get an MRI, you know, go get it checked. And so that's what I did. And um, <clears throat> got an MRI pretty, pretty soon after that. And uh, yeah, that's when they told me that I, I, that I had a 20 CL and meniscus. And so, man, it was just, when I tell you that, when I tell you I was sad, man, I was sad. Like I was, I was like really, really, really sad. Like, you know, that's the worst news to really hear. And that was, and the, the thing is, uh, is like, <clears throat> sorry, it's but the thing is, is that like, I like going, like, I remember always telling people like my worst fear is getting a really bad injury. I would tell people like my worst fear is, you know, being out for so long and not being able to play soccer. Like, oh, why am I telling people that? You know, like, it's just like, I'm like asking for that, you know, as, as you know, so it, it finally happened. And honestly, honestly, like I've said this multiple times on like my platform and everything, but it's like, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm. It was the best thing that's ever happened to me as a, like, as a person in my, and like, you know, the best things ever happened to me. Yes. That first day I, when I found out I tore my ACL, I was defeated. I was defeated. And yes, I, I, there was always moments of like, I felt defeat like throughout my process, especially because the, the, the timeline between when I tore my ACL and found out that I, I, I had torn it. Um, and the time I got surgery was like two, two and a half months. Wow. Really? It took a long time for me to get surgery because of my insurance and everything. Mm-hmm. And even, even after waiting for all my insurance to get everything, dude, this is uh, is a mess. But even after the the time, all that time, I had I, I had um I was waiting to get my surgery. Mm-hmm. The day before my surgery, um, basically my insurance gets canceled or my my insurance is just like no longer I'm no longer part of my insurance apparently. <laughs> the day before my surgery, I don't know about this, so I go into the surgery the next day and scan my insurance card everything's good everything whatever they operate on me now it's after the operation a week after is when i get a phone call from the hospital telling me did you know you didn't have insurance oh wow i was like what no what do you mean did i know why would i get surgery if i like that's what i've been waiting for why would i you know and so i was like damn so you know that's just something else that i had to like deal with during that time and had to figure out but I don't really want to go into that. That's just not like, that's sure. boring, you know? Yeah. But, I, had, uh, basically- I, I had shoulder surgery too. So I know the whole, it took a while for me to get my surgery. And then yeah. insurance. No, department. dude, it, it, that that's just probably like, because at that time, like uh, during those two months, I was like, dude, I just want to get over with. Like, give me right, surgery. Right, right, like, dude, right, like, right. come on. But, um, but, but what I did like use that time and it what helped me a lot though, was that I was doing, um, prehab basically. I was, okay. uh, I was strengthening up my quad as much as possible in my hamstring so mm-hmm. that the, so that after I got surgery, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's not that the process of getting my, my quad muscle back is not as long, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, but so what I was going to get to is that um, after, yeah, so at the day after I was crying my eyes out after knowing that I uh, tore my ACL, like the day, like literally the day after I, sp- I was speaking to myself and I like, that's one thing I do a lot is I, I talk to myself to try to like organize my thoughts and really, you know, really analyze what's the best route to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was speaking to myself and then I was just telling myself like, look, 
I can either feel like I can either sit here and be like, God, why'd you do this to me? Why me? Why me? You know, and then go through that, stick with that mindset throughout my process, throughout my recovery process. But how is that going to get me anywhere? You know, like, what is that going to do? It happened. I can't, you know, it happened. So now what? Like, so I can either do that. I couldn't dwell on it. Or I can now be like, all right, what do I got to do to get back? What do I got to do to be the, to be better? What do I got to do to like, you know, to make sure that I, I, I have hold of my career. You know, that's what, that's basically that. And so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna stick to this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out exactly, figure out a plan I need to be on, stick to that plan. Um, <clears throat> make sure that when I have these negative thoughts, pause, reflect on it and really make sure to try to find the, the, the opposite of those thoughts, you know? If there's a negative thought, be like, okay, what is the opposite of this thought? Okay, is this thing and it's a positive one? All right, let me stick to this one then. And I just stick with that. So that was like really, and um, so I really, I really, I really developed like a positive mindset throughout this during that time, and um, <clears throat> and and I really took it more than anything. I took that injury as like, as um, because I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. Mm. But like you, you determine what that reason is. Mm. You know you determine what that reason is. And so I, I looked at it as like the reason for me getting this injury is because I like what the, with how I was, I was um, um, going with about everything, you know, yes, I was working hard. Yes. I was, um, you know, wanting to get better every day, but I wasn't doing everything I could. I wasn't really looking for, I wasn't, I wasn't like looking for all the options, exhausting all the options I had, you know, there's too many days where I took off that I didn't really want to do. I wasn't, look, I wasn't really focused on recovery. I wasn't really looking at my, like I was lifting. I was lifting. Like if I was going to be a bodybuilder, you know, like that's how I was lifting, you know, I was. And so, so when I, when I got that injury, I took it as like, all right, it's a slap in the face because it's telling you that you need to get your shit together. That's basically how I took it. You need to get your shit together. If you want to, if you want to make it pro, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta um, like really set yourself up to be a pro. And like not like you the way you're set up is to be an amateur and that's not what you want to be so that's how I took it and um yeah so I that's why I say it's the best thing that's ever happened to me um because it just made me so much stronger as a person mentally and then it, it and then physically it just got me to the place where I need to be because if I was at that route and that path like man I don't like that my coach Yossi um I don't like that he tells me that I'm a gym rat I don't like that you know like <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to be known as a gym rat. I want to, you know, I want to be known as a baller, not a gym rat. So mm-hmm. he, he would, he would tease me and call me a gym rat because that's what I was doing. I was just lifting because I thought it was like the physique, you know, I want to look cool. I want to look strong, you know, mm-hmm. but, and like, that's another door story, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, basically that's, that's how I took, um, that's how I took my injury. Nice. That's what I really like to hear. Like we said multiple times, there's just more than just the, the component of soccer. There's a lot of aspects within soccer. One of the key things that I've learned through professional uh, learning from professional players like yourself is um, uh, the stuff that you do off the field, right? The recovery process, which is really, really key. Um, and I think, uh, you know, if you were continuing that process, you probably wouldn't have learned if you didn't get this injury. And you probably learned a lot more, right? A lot of things uh, about your training regimen, your training style, like you said. Oftentimes, I see a lot of players, uh, they, they lift wrong because they want to look a certain way, but there's actually ways to actually lift to help your, improve your soccer game, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, really great stuff. And I know you're you're uh, you're recovering right now from that. I um, mean, you've pretty much fully recovered. And I want to know, I guess, uh, what's next? You know, in the future uh, with mm-hmm. UCI, I guess. And a little talk to me a little bit more about the mentorship program that you have with Athletic Ascent, and then what you want to do with that moving forward. Okay, yeah, for sure. So, um, well, yeah, to back up a little bit. Um, so basically, yeah, after I got my after tearing my ACL, like I missed out my first season of of, of college, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm now missing out my second season of or missed out my second season of college due to COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know it's unfortunate. It's not the best. It's not the it's not the best way to start your your college career. But you know, it's out of like that. The second year was just completely out of my hands. You know. But um, even the first year, too. But um, yeah, so now um, I'm back to training with UCI um, the first of March, which is pretty cool. Something that nice. I'm really looking forward to doing. Um, it's un- unfortunate that we don't have like a, some sort of season, you know, but, you know, and like other other conferences do. Uh, I think that's really unfair but you know again it is what it is yeah but um yeah look really looking forward to start training back with uci and then um hope hoping really um staying trying to stay positive and optimistic in terms of um having a season in the fall you know um so really looking forward for that and then um so yeah and then really like pushing towards um like really really near future really going to push towards um uh, a professional contract for sure. Um, I, I, I prefer it to be overseas or out of the States, but you know, the soccer world, you really can't, you, you, you have not, you don't really, you can't really dictate where the opportunities will be. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get an opportunity anywhere. And if that's, if it, if it makes sense and you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, pursue that opportunity. But, uh, so I'm really open to anything, but, um, right now it's, so yeah, in the very near, in the really new, in the in the near future, is uh, I'm looking for a professional contract. Um, and then right now it's just a, a, a on top of um, training on my own and and uh, and going to school and keeping my grades up. On top of that, like I'm I'm really pushing towards uh, um, growing athletic ascent. <clears throat> um, yeah, how did that now, came I, to be? Yeah, so oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that, but. Uh, so athletic ascent again, like it was like um, my brother, and it was more my brother's idea. He okay. he came to me with the idea, and he's like, "Dude, like age where where we is like in the beginning, we're kind of like lost as to how we wanted to approach it. But the the main idea was that we want a guy, we want to help players. That was just the idea. We want to help players. Mm-hmm. We don't really know how we're gonna do so right now, but like at the time when we first did it, like we don't really know how, but um, we we just want to help." So at the time we were just posting on on Instagram, posting drills people can do. That was really what we were doing, just posting drills, and then um, and then offering individual training, like you know one on one training, you know for those who are local. And then it really now it's gotten to the point where we are, and then it went to the point where we we kind of just fell out of like we we weren't really into it much because um, it didn't seem like the people we were working with were into it either. Mm. So it's like, all right, this is not, it's not, something's clearly not working. Something's mm-hmm. wrong. We got to, uh, we got to reflect and uh, adjust, you know? And so now um, we're, we brought back the training and um, we are now also pushing the online mentorship 
So working with players over Zoom. So I'm located in California. I'm working with players in Florida. I'm working with players in North Carolina, you know, so obviously like this whole Zoom thing, you know, with, with COVID it's, that's, has really made it this possible. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so I'm working with players um, over Zoom and via text, but then, but yeah, also working with local players um, and training them and stuff like that. And my approach with the training sessions is just, it's just very, uh, very much more educational. And um, every, it just basically everything has a purpose. You're not, you're not going to just do a, a drill just to get touches in. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not my intention or my, my, my focus is like, when you do a drill, you got to understand why you're doing like every single touch. You got to understand why it's like this. You got to understand why you're moving like this. And it's like, it, it's, I wanted to be very educational. I film my session so I can give my, uh, my athletes the, you know, I can re- refer back to the, the, the drill or the, the footage and be like, look, this is what I meant by you need to open up your hips or mm. you need to, you know, stuff like that. That's like, so that, so I use, um, so I film my sessions and stuff like that. And that's how I feel like I can really help an athlete in that sense. But then through the mentorship, um, the, again, like the, through my, I mean, you could kind of like pinpoint like the, um, this, the, the parts of my life where I reflect what we're doing now is that like just lack of guidance, the lack of like resources and stuff right, like right, that. Right, right. That is what we're trying to push and with this. And my brother too, his story is crazy. I think it would be great to have him on the podcast. Yeah, too. definitely. Although he, although he didn't like make it, you know, make it, although like his soccer resume isn't like the best, he definitely has a story that is like, that can happen to anyone, What you know? And so, you know, a teaser, yeah, three ACL surgeries. I mean, it's, it's crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Talk about lack of guidance, you know? <laughs> like he didn't have anyone to guide him through those recoveries. Right, clearly. right. But, um, yeah, so so through both of our stories, we're like, yeah, we really want to push towards, like, helping these players and, like, guiding them. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we we more than and more than the training session anything, we want to push the, the mentorship. Like, that's awesome. something we just want to, yeah. you know, players who feel lost we want to make sure that they're not lost that's the thing and like the biggest thing also is like here in Costa Mesa um or in the Orange County area there's so much talent we know so many people who are so talented but because they lack the 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 guidance and the help um the resources like they give up on their dreams Mm. because they don't around them to keep them on the right path or tell them exactly what path to take Mm -hmm. how to take that stuff like that so awesome yeah so that's what we're doing um, and that's yeah why we're doing it. Yeah, if they want to find out more about you know uh, connecting with you or try to get some guidance from from you and your brother, what's the best way they could reach out to you? Um, right now it would be um or through DM and on uh, uh, on Instagram. Um, yeah, athleticsascent uh, underscore dev so dev development. Um, yeah, so yeah through Instagram. Um, that that'd be the best way. Awesome. And then like, if we, if you got on, if you got on board with us and everything, we get you on our discord and then that's how we, we, we communicate through there and stuff like great. that. So. Awesome. Yeah. So we're coming down to, I know um, we've been going on for a while, but great, great um, interview so far. And I'm really liking it, how we got really deep into all this, all the stuff and the lessons behind it. I want to ask a couple of rapid questions before I finish it off. Um, I know you had okay, a great okay. career, career so far and you're going to keep continuing it out of your whole playing career, whether it be you playing professionally or in college or 
during your clubs and academies. What's one of your most favorite memories of you playing soccer? Was there a favorite goal? Was there a favorite game you played in in front of a crowd? Ah, uh, there's so many. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, so na- many. Name, name a couple. Just name a couple. Okay, 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 okay. So one that there's three that come to mind like right away. Okay. Um, one of them would be uh at, would be my high school game. I played a high school game and it was an intense game and the game was packed. Although this team wasn't necessarily our rivals, um, they were still they were still like they weren't our 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 exact rivals but they were a rival basically okay. and so um we were playing it's an, it's at home in our uh, our stadium and um varsity game and the, again the stadium's packed it's packed and this team leading to the game talking you know all the smack <laughs> that they could man and they, they just kept talking and talking you know trying to get like yeah, you know, whatever. Trying to like, it really hyped up the game for us and stuff. And so, leading into the game, um, it was just an intense environment. It was, it was, it was amazing, and like, it felt, it felt like, you know, although maybe the game, like, if you look at it, maybe the, the style of play and everything probably wasn't the greatest, but it just <laughs> felt like the greatest game ever. And um, I scored a bicycle kick. Oh no! And way. dude, it, the crowd went crazy. I celebrated. <laughs> my team tackled me, and I'm on the ground, you know. And it, and I just remember like, and they got it on footage. They got it on video and stuff like that. I mean, if you look at the video, like yeah, like I, it was like a bike, but like you know, it was like, you know, it was like it was it was cool, right? But in my head, I was like, dude, like you know, I did a full on backflip. That's how I felt, you know, everything. But um, but. But yeah, and so that 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 moment was crazy. It was it was crazy too. Uh, my girlfriend right now, she's listening to this. She's probably not gonna li- like this part. But basically, uh, it was also really cool because um, my brother was there, and um, the girl that I had just started talking to, but we weren't dating or anything. That I just started talking to, like talking to, um, I had invited her out to that game, and she went, and so she saw that. Hey, you know so that so that was dope that was a good that was a cool experience and then um <clears throat> another one would be uh uh would be at the oc great park when i scored that goal okay it was like it was it was a cool goal because it was just like it was like in the stadium like a like a professional setup yeah and um the goal i scored was pretty like uh, it was a, a good goal um and uh, i had my entire family there my dad was there and the thing is is that like my parents worked so much that um they 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 were hardly mm. able to games and stuff, and so having my dad and my mom there at that game with my nieces and nephews and you know my entire family there, it, it just meant so much. So me being able to score that in that stadium, yeah. it was like, dude, like yes, like it was just kind of a glimpse of like what the future holds. You know, yeah. that's kind of like I, I I looked at it, and so that that was a really cool experience as well. Um, and then uh, and then just like the, the entire time I I spent playing a regional regional cup in um in hawaii with okay what's the nice Dude, actually like, oh, you're I'm, from I'm hawaii, actually, right? i'm actually from hawaii yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. we actually it's had a, a we had a uh we had a hawaii slammers team i played for one season with them oh yeah which I is really that. interesting yeah <laughs> oh oh wow well, yeah, yeah yeah so like we played regionals in hawaii and um although we lost in the semifinals it was still like it was just a cool experience i've never been to hawaii before and then yeah. now i'm going with all my friends we're staying in a hotel room and like it's four of us, you know, and like I mean, we were just, you know, it was just such a fun time. It was I remember that, and so that's like it was more off the field fun because the honestly leading up to that the that tournament, everyone was telling us that like 
oh, the fields are so nice. They're going to be this and that. But the fields weren't that nice. <laughs> so I was like, all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but definitely like that, that just, that, ex- that entire experience itself, that trip was fun. That was like, awesome. a great experience. Sorry. Okay, great. Switching the uh, script a little bit. Um, I know great experiences uh, playing in Hawaii. <laughs> definitely we'll be back there soon. When you, you know, I'll invite you out there next time. We'll have a great time. Right, for sure. <laughs> for sure. What was one of the lowest point in your careers and how were you able to overcome that? I think you might have said it already, but mm-hmm. kind of reflect back on that. It, I would like to, uh, I mean, it would probably make sense to say that it was, um, it would be when I tore my ACL, right? Like that would like make the most sense. But um, if, and I already touched upon that, but if I were to give another instance, it would be the, I would say, man, yeah, I would say it was the ACL. Like I would say it was like tearing my ACL because although it was the lowest point of my of my career, I was the happiest I could have ever been. I was the happiest because I realized that um I'm gonna I'm only gonna get better after this. Like I realized that I I've I've unlocked a a um like it might sound like lame or whatever but like I, I unlocked a new form of myself you know that's right. that's kind of how I felt so although it, it was the lowest point of my career and when I first found out in like those two months waiting for surgery it was the lowest point of my life um I realized soon after this is the best best thing that could have happened to me and like I it, it soon hit after after that first week of after I got surgery and after that first week, dude, that first week is miserable. It's no sleep, none of that. Like, it, it, like, it, yeah, it, yeah. The, the knee is just throbbing. It's just, oh, I hate that. But then after that week, you know, then I realized, okay, uh, uh like everything's gonna just gonna go up from here. Mm-hmm. Then, you awesome. know, I'm gonna make sure of that. That kind of right. how it's up. Yeah. And I know if you played a really great career so far. What's one of like the biggest lessons that you learned about you playing throughout you playing soccer? The biggest lesson, um, I know there's probably like, you know, work hard, um, you know, <laughs> persevere, stay consistent. No, yeah, that all those all obviously, you know, those are obvious, but it was, it would be like what I've been like preaching this entire like interview. It'd be like, you know, look for people who have been in the position, like speak to the people or, or reach out to the people who have, who are in the position or have been in the position, the position that you want to be in. Hmm. You know, so that's that that's the biggest thing like that I've taken out of my my career so far is that like you need you need to you don't you don't need to do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one thing that I was like, oh, like everything's DIY, you know, and like <laughs> you know, I don't I don't need I don't need help or any of that. But nah, look for help. Like don't don't let your ego and or whatever like get in the way. For sure. Like you 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 should you need to seek some mm-hmm. some sort of assistance, you know? Yeah. That's probably great. Great. So um, this is the achieve greatness show. So we don't we don't uh, achieve at mediocrity or average. We go for uh-huh. great, right? When I say let's say like the greatest of all time or some greats, who do you think of? In soccer or just in the world? In in general, in general, it could be anybody or maybe, greats? maybe yeah. I mean, the obvious answers come to mind like Messi, Cristiano, um, <clears throat> Freaking, and then if I were to go to, you know, Tom Brady, I don't, I don't, I don't watch football, but he's got to be one of the greats, you know, like, yeah. man, it's crazy, you know, right. but right. I don't watch football at all, <laughs> but he's definitely, he came to mind 
Um, sadly, at one point, I thought it was Conor McGregor, but he's sadly not. <laughs> yeah. That's disappointing. But, um, yeah. And then, uh, see, the thing about me is that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't watch much sports or anything like that. So like, it's just more like it, I'm, I'm so much like focused on myself and my own career that I don't watch as much as I should, or I don't really mm-hmm. fan as much and stuff, right, but right. I would also, uh, a great, I would be, it would be for me personally would be, uh, <clears throat> because this is a person that, that has helped me a lot in, um, in that process of developing the mindset I, I have that I've established now mm-hmm. would be Russ. I don't know if you know who Russ is. Okay. He's a, a rap artist. Yeah. 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 You know, the, the people they probably doesn't, it doesn't make sense to some people and people probably find him really, really lame and cheesy or whatever, mm-hmm. but not only his music, I don't, not, I don't only think that his music's great, but I also think like more than anything, I love his mentality mm-hmm. and his, uh, his approach towards his career and stuff. Nice. And, I think he's a great because of how, how he's, um, you know, how he's been able to help me through his music, you know? Awesome. So one of the big things for me was actually, um, Kobe Bryant. So that was the big inspiration for me. Um, the whole Mamba mentality. But then, so yeah. for me, like, I agree. He yeah. would definitely be one of the greats, but just like, uh, um, I just didn't, I didn't really follow his career much. For sure, for sure. I didn't like, I didn't really, you know, cause I don't, I don't, I don't watch basketball, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, um, I, I just, I always saw his name. Mm-hmm. Nah, I knew, okay this guy's this guy's for sure great you know but yeah, yeah so when he passed away right it was really sad but I was also reflecting back and it was like I was I think everybody is also inspired by what he did and then like wanting to get better all the time and then so he had this interview right and he's like hey what's your definition of greatness that's what uh, the interviewer said to Kobe and then Kobe said this really great quote that really stuck to me and it's kind of like the brand of what I'm trying to establish right now so he said the most important thing is to try to inspire other people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. So it's not just himself, but because you're becoming the best version of yourself every single day, you're innately able to inspire other people to achieve at the highest level they can. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, yes. wow, that's such a great quote. So turning this into a question, right? I know you have a great career going, you want to keep moving forward, but let's say moving forward, right? What kind of legacy, Rafi, do you want to leave behind? And number two, who do you want to be remembered as? Kind of legacy, just I I I want to be one who, like, even though like no matter how high how how like high in my career I I, I get, you know, um, no matter how high I get, I want to still be able to work with players at like you know one on one, you know maybe not you know not every single player, but I still want to be able to like really really be involved in in players' lives. You know, I don't want to just hire people to do that for me. I want to be able to really make it like <clears throat> really just make an impact on the lives of um, of young athletes, you know, especially specifically those who are in the posi- who are in the positions that I, I was in growing up, you know, the positions that I or my brother were in growing up. So, yeah, like uh, my legacy, would I would just wanted to be so like I have a successful soccer career, but I also allow other players um, again, in the position that I were, I was to have who, to also have a successful career in in um, in soccer as well, and um, I just want to be remembered as someone who like like similar to the quote is just so I want to be remembered as somebody who wanted to become the best, but also wanted others to be the best. Mm-hmm. You know, 
so that that's who I would want to be remembered as. Awesome, definitely great. So this is Robbie. Really great show. <laughs> and if they really want to connect with you, right, um, and learn more information about you, where can they find you, and where can they connect with you? Well, my personal Instagram, um, everything through Instagram. So it could be my personal Instagram, uh, uh, rafaelespinoza.aa, or um, through Athletic Ascent's Instagram, um, Athletic Ascent uh, underscore dev. Awesome, <laughs> definitely someone like you said right if you're if you were taking notes like i was i took a bunch of notes um reach out he, that's the main thing what he was saying so definitely feel yeah. free to reach out to rafi it's a great tool to use um and last question before you end it we heard from kobe yeah. what his definition of greatness is so what is your definition of greatness oh, on the spot uh <laughs> my definition of greatness hmm. i think uh my definition of greatness would be okay. Let me try that. Uh, would be just somebody who 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 is trying to reach perfection, and although that is not that is not possible, you are still um, trying to see how close you can get to perfection, mm-hmm. and while also making an impact on the people around you. So. Again, I do not watch football, but a perfect example would be Tom Brady and um, how he's constantly trying to achieve per, uh, perfection. And he and he and he's said before that he like he um, <clears throat> he knows that he won't ever achieve it, but he wants to see how close he can get to it. So that's that that's my um, definition of greatness would be. Yeah trying to see how close to perfection you can get while also making a positive impact on the people around you. And, you know, that's, that, that's what it would be. Awesome. So this was Rafael Espinoza. Thank you for being on the show and everybody keep on achieving your greatness. Take care. <laughs>